Hey, brothers and sisters, thank you for joining me for today's devotion. We are continuing our reading of Mark's gospel, and today we are in chapter 12. And what really spoke to me in this chapter is how uh, God is still at work doing great things, um, even when it doesn't look like it, and that he sometimes uses the very people or the very things that most people reject. He uses those to accomplish his purpose. Um, this chapter begins with the parable Jesus told about the man who owned a vineyard and then leased it out to some farmers or tenants, if you will, and they were supposed to pay him part of the crop, part of the produce each year, and they didn't do that. And so he sent servants, and some of those servants, they beat other, others of those servants they killed, and eventually he sent his son, thinking they will respect his son, but they killed his son as well. And, um, and then Jesus summarized that parable at the beginning of chapter 12 of Mark in verse 9 by asking a question of his audience, his listeners. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. And then he quoted scripture from the Old Testament. Have you not even read this scripture? To his audience, in particular the religious leaders who were skeptical of him, he says to them, have you not read the Old Testament, your own scripture, where it says the stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, that analogy or word picture of the, of the stone that is rejected becoming the chief cornerstone on which God builds and accomplishes things is an analogy that's used um, in, out, in different places in the Bible. Uh, in the New Testament, we also find it mentioned in Acts chapter 4 and 1 Peter 2 and Ephesians 2, and there it clearly points to Jesus as the chief cornerstone on which God builds his church, his family, his kingdom, etc. And of course, Jesus was rejected. Um, but in the Old Testament, we also find it in the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, where it refers to the nation of Israel and her king, which had been rejected by the other countries, and yet that is the stone that God used to accomplish his purpose, i.e. Israel and her kings. In Isaiah 28 and in Isaiah chapter 4, uh, God and his eternal kingdom are the stone that's rejected. And, um, and he makes the point that even if Jerusalem is destroyed, even if the temple is destroyed, God's stone is not the temple not the city of Jerusalem, but his people, his kingdom, himself. And so his work is going to go forward and those who trust in that stone, who trust in him will be safe when all around them there is calamity. Those who reject the stone of God and his kingdom, and later we understand that more fully as Jesus, they will, they will be broken against the stone. It's like you throw a bottle or something against a rock and it breaks. And so you're, the lives of those who reject God, his kingdom, and Jesus, the, the stone that becomes the chief cornerstone, uh, their lives will be broken against that. 
But if you love and trust in that stone, you'll be safe and secure. The problem with the leaders of Israel in Isaiah's day is that they put their trust in the buildings, in the temple, and thought, we'll be safe because of that. And God said, no, you miss it. That's not the stone. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees and others put their trust in the fact that Israel was God's nation, God's people. And, and, and Jesus said, no, you missed it. That's not the real stone. And there's a couple of things that really encourage me in this. Um, if the temple and the nation of Israel are destroyed, God's stone, the cornerstone was not destroyed because God still had a people. So when things are bleak around us, don't, don't give up and feel defeated because God is still God, has his people, and is at work no matter how bleak things look. Um, the other thing is the safest place for me to be when the whole world's going crazy is in Jesus. The whole world might be trying to destroy me and they might create a lot of pain and a lot of problems in my life, but I just keep clinging to that stone because I'll not be broken if I do. Just keep, just keep your heart on Jesus no matter what's going on because he's the stone and the world can't break him. But the world will be broken when they're cast against him. So you just keep clinging to and loving the cornerstone, uh, Jesus Christ. Now, there's one more thing I want to say from this chapter and it's a doctrinal thing that I think is important. Over in chapter 12, verse 36 Jesus, and we don't have time to go through the whole discussion he's having with these religious leaders. But in, in, in 36, Jesus is asking, well, verse 35, really, he asks a question of those religious leaders. How is it that the scribes say that the Christ, the Messiah, which ended up being Jesus, is the son of David? Uh, and then in verse 36, he even quoted, David himself said in the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. Now, the long and short of it is Jesus is making the point through uh, David that even though the Messiah was a descendant of David, the Messiah was David's Lord, pointing to the deity of the Messiah, which they were rejecting. They were rejecting Jesus and rejecting his deity. And he's making the point that even David said the Messiah, the anointed one, was his Lord, even though he was a descendant of David. But here's the point I want you to get. Jesus in verse 36 said, David himself said in the Holy Spirit. In other words, what David said and wrote in the Old Testament, for instance, in the book of Psalms, was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Critics will sometimes argue that those of us who are conservative claim for the Bible more than the Bible claims for itself, that when we claim inerrancy, when we claim inspiration, we're saying more than the scripture actually says. But here, Jesus himself said, David said what he did, which is written in the book of Psalms, okay, in Psalm 110, verse 1. So when David wrote that, when David said that, Jesus said that was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So here we have evidence of Jesus saying that what the Old Testament says is inspired and therefore trustworthy. Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. Well, that's the word for today. I'll see you tomorrow.